Welcome to module number 16, Karma. I'm so often asked what role karma or the idea of some kind of personal responsibility has on life experience. Students often wonder if they are plagued by some universal debt, wonder whether their life is to be commandeered by some purpose that is irrevocable. Sizing up to these expectations and stressed by whether they have met them or are behind on some kind of universal timing plan for their lives. They often wonder if they have to stay with that partner, must follow a path of service to be worthwhile, or have a child to know they are doing what they came here to do. The beautiful thing I've discovered on my journey into oneness was that the universe is actually much more free than the structures we may have imagined. This module will contain a higher level discussion and I suggest you return to it in the future. As you evolve into the different aspects of your awareness, it will reveal different things relevant to your present understanding and as you grow, will speak different things to you each time. Here we're gonna talk in great detail about universal structure. Let's start with the biggest question I get asked. Do we have a divine purpose? Is there a plan for our experience? Are we meant to do something? This is a very third dimensional question where you see doing is a function only of being in physical matter. We only experience a need to do when we are in the third dimension of our conscious awareness. Let me explain. In your luminous form, it is more like you are being rather than doing. You exist in a sea of oneness. From this place of deep presence, you are holding the consciousness of all you are. You have a unique field of residence and understanding. This is what you sit within. However, you don't do anything. You simply are. Remember that it was this you, this luminescent being, that decided to come into form. You chose this because by being here, you could both share your knowledge and you could learn more. Awareness is what you are here to do, to have more awareness. You do this by being in the experiences your resonance attracts. I'm often met by students who have a level of stress. They wonder if they are off path but the path we are on is always perfect. It is the exact path our soul has chosen for now. There is no scorekeeper. There is no measurer somewhere else that is going to judge if you do anything or you don't. As beings drawn to this program, I can guess that you are a very aware soul simply by the fact you were drawn to this kind of awareness. So you are probably one of many souls here in this dimension right now to bring massive awareness to a very unconscious race. By being here, your knowledge is available in the collective pool of global consciousness. This allows others who need such awareness to download this knowledge as needed. Think of global consciousness like a spiritual internet we are all downloading and uploading data to. From this viewpoint, it doesn't matter what you do. It matters that you exist here. It matters that you experience for your soul. But there is no one here to save. Everything here is already perfect. You don't need to measure the amount of people you've helped. 
You don't need to worry about being a good person or doing good things in the world. None of this tarnishes nor advantages your soul. You're simply here to be in the experience, whatever it is. I'm also often asked why people perceived as bad get good experiences. This is because they do not perceive themselves as bad. A person mining the earth and harming the local community to do it may perceive themselves as bringing minerals to the world, being entrepreneurial, being clever. What we mark as the value of our experience is what we categorise it as. The experience is the same, an experience. So this person does not attract bad karma, neither does a serial killer, a child abuser or anyone else we may perceive as bad unless they perceive themselves as being deserving of such bad karma. When you cease in this form and exit to the next, you will bring all you learnt here to the collective pool of universal consciousness. This too has no agenda other than experiencing itself. We truly are human beings, not human doings. So if you are one of those very special and kind people who feels they want to make a difference on the planet, that is wonderful. But also know you don't have to do anything to do this. You could go and meditate in a cave for your entire life and you would contribute as much to global consciousness as a person who is an activist influencing millions. If you're hearing what I'm saying, it's time to take the pressure off ourselves. So often I encounter spiritual teachers and light workers who are burnt out. They have long lost the presence they started with. Instead, they feel disconnected from essence self and are only contributing their underlying rage and resentment to the global consciousness. I'm sure you'll agree with me that the world seems to need more love than rage right now. Cultivate joy in your experience. Seek what makes you happy. Live your inspiration. Then you will contribute so much more to the planet regardless of what work or service you feel you are offering externally. I'd like to invite you to let go of your perceptions of purpose what you think you are responsible for, and what you feel karmically and dutifully bound to do. Instead, we must ask ourselves what we want to feel. Then we need to co-create experiences that make us feel that way. Some of this we might call work, but it will also most likely just feel like fun. Here's how you grow in week one. What do you make yourself responsible for? In week one, I'd like you to answer that question. Observe yourself in week one. What are the underlying and perhaps unconscious responsibilities you have given yourself? After you have sat with this question for yourself, consider if you have given others underlying responsibilities. Family is a good place to start asking this question, as are our intimate relationships and close friendships. Do you expect these people to turn up and do for you in a certain way? Do you feel anything when they arrive in the manner you expect or not? Have you placed value judgments on their contributions and what you feel they have given to the world and to you? 
Was this based on something they did or didn't do? In order to be free of karma, we need to be aware of what karma we create. Think of karma like obligations. For example, if we do something nice for someone else, do we expect them to do the same for us? This is obligatory karma we are inflicting upon them. This is an unclean way to live in the world, particularly if we are a giver. It will lead to so much debt being owed to us and we will feel resentful. The challenge with these kinds of karmic debt creations are no one else is ever aware of the debt they owe us. So this leads usually to us embodying with passive aggressive tendencies and total misery on our part. How would it feel to not expect anything from anyone? How would it feel to not expect anything from yourself? Could you just allow yourself and others to be experiencing with no judgment about what we must do for one another? Grow in week two. In week two, consider that you really are a free being, free to experience, and that is your only responsibility. Do you like what you're presently experiencing? Are you choosing anything because of perceived obligations you have? Do you take a responsibility because you think you should for some reason? Misery usually follows shoulds. So look towards the areas of your life where you are not entirely joyous. Do you have perceived obligations here? If you feel you do, who set these obligations? Be careful of obligations you think have been set by others. Imagining you have some karmic debt to live in a certain way or make certain choices for others is a common occurrence. I see this a lot with intergenerational cultural entanglement. This also happens more for lightworkers and empaths because they often feel the thoughts and wishes others have for them and then take these on subconsciously like commandments that orientate all of their choices. This can become very confusing when we are trying to live another's obligation because most of the time these obligations are rooted in other people's experiences and actually have nothing to do with our own motivations. For example, I recently noticed this obligatory karma in my own field. When I was a young baby, my parents decided to give up on a dream to become more practical and secure, which they made the choice for the reason of giving the family security. My living arrangements have been rather adventurous over the last five years, and I constantly feel after being with either of my parents or talking to them on the phone, that maybe I should just stop my dream and organize something more secure. This was a telepathic seed I was receiving from them into my unconscious that was imprinting upon me before I realized what was happening. This was happening because by me standing up and choosing freedom, and finding deep happiness in this, I'm challenging them at a subconscious level to question the decisions they made many years ago. They ended up getting divorced and the spark went out of their lives and marriage. This is the kind of unconscious effect karma can have. On the surface of conversations they may choose to have with me, it will look like they're being disapproving. 
The reality is they are being forced to question their own choices of experience. If I was unaware of what was being triggered for them, I might feel like they were trying to set some obligatory karma for me. The truth is they are actually being healed and will no doubt arrive at some kind of awareness about their choices, either accepting them as the right choice or choosing more freedom in other ways now. Look at the bigger picture when you see areas of your life where you feel others' ideas are impacting on your choices. See how much you are helping one another grow. Look at the underlying karma people have made for themselves. Never take their impressions of what is right or wrong for your life personally. We can all only ever respond from what experiences we have chosen and how we feel about those choices. If we are happy we did something, we may want someone else to do this. If we are sad we didn't do something, we may want someone else to not do this also. Misery loves company. It is far less challenging than admitting we have made a mistake and having regret. As you look at your life, see where you are making choices to please others and to shut down your own freedom. You can only live for you. You cannot let your life be wielded by others or for others. Your true responsibility in life is to live free of any perceived karmic debt you think you might have. To do this, you must take full responsibility for your choices and allow others to do the same, not being influenced by others or their expectations and arriving as a true authentic being following your own organic path as it evolves through your inspirations of the moment. You must allow your inspiration to lead you. You must follow life in every moment. Let the life force flow through you and into your life in ways that feel nourishing and life-giving to you. Here's how you grow in week three. In week three, consider what you really want to be experiencing. What fills you with life? I had a wonderful teacher in this a few years ago. She was a young 20-something-year-old backpacker from Germany who came and stayed with me for three months while she was traveling. I taught her meditation, self-healing, and how to consciously live and how to master reality. And she taught me how to truly live simply by my observations of her attitude. She was an inspiration to me in more ways than I think she will ever know. She was abounding with life force. She had no plans. She had no agenda. She received and gave. She went with the flow. She experienced highs and lows. She was fascinated with everything. Like a child curiously experiencing the world, she was delighted by everything. This wasn't in a naive way in the sense that she was immature or not able to be responsible. She wasn't broken early and staying at a young age emotionally like so many of us are. She was just a free being by choice. At times when I'm contemplating if I'm in alignment, I choose to remember this wonderful young teacher rather than any spiritual mentors or teachers I have come across. She was far more wise than any of them. Do you feel like this in your life right now? Are you a butterfly following the breezes, realizing that life is but a moment, enjoying the sensations of living, feeling it all, drinking it in, living spontaneously? 
Are you living organically, like a seed growing into a flower? Do you feel excited when you awaken? Do you take enough time to live in the experience? Do you choose experiences that delight you, refresh you, invigorate you? Do you take the true responsibility we each have to enjoy the experience? If your life is not the way you want it to be, only you can change it. It doesn't happen to you, you create it. It isn't predefined, it is only as you make it. It is not defined by anyone else. Your life is what you take from it, how you make it, what you give back. You relating to life is where your enjoyment comes from. You must seek the adventure. You must do what invigorates you. Your responsibility is to live. You all remember the first module. Life is the primary objective. There's nothing more important. Our gift is life. Our job is living. We must be in the experience. Are you? If not, it's time for a course correction. Make your own karma. You have no obligations to anything or anyone. Imagine this. What would you fill your cup of life with? What would make the experience of your life as you have always dreamed and imagined? Could you start to live this way now? How? What steps would you need to take? What inner space would you need to create for yourself? What beingness would you have to embody? Please also take a moment to consider the world. Do you think humanity is living? Do you think people are doing what makes them joyous? Are they focusing on the experience and being or are they locked into the doing, the having? Can you see them trying to live up to the expectations others put upon them? Perhaps it is their religions what they deem their god or goddess demands. They are commanded by social norms. They are jailed by family inferences. Humanity is not free. We are plugged into a matrix called doing. We have become lost in the third dimension. We have forgotten we are only here for a short visit and that we are not of this world. In this world, space and time exist. In other lighter frequencies, space and time don't exist. Think about that for a moment. Most of the stress of our responsibilities come from time or space. You think you don't have enough time or you think you are running late or too early or not on time or you think you don't have the right space, you're not in the right place, you are out of the right place on the path or the right things are not in your space called life. There is not a path, only the one you make for yourself. There is no time. Only the timing you assert upon yourself. You are not supposed to do anything or have anything in particular. It's all up to your choices of the moment. Take a deep breath. Doesn't that feel nice? Where you are is where you are and it's perfect. How about that? What do you think would change in the world if we all remembered this? I can imagine no one would ever sit in traffic jams again. Peak hour traffic on the way to work? No thanks. What we have wouldn't matter for any other reason than we wanted it. For some, this may mean that we hold on to those 30 pairs of shoes. However, some may decide they don't need so many 
if they were just to impress someone else. We may not choose a mortgage that makes us break our backs working so hard because we want to keep up with the status quo. We may get rid of those credit cards accepting that what we already have is perfect. We would live more in the moment. As a society, we would take time. This one I see so beautifully in the country. People stop and chat. In Sydney, when I visit, this is considered weird. There is a public transport social protocol. Don't maintain eye contact with the person you sit next to. That is too much relating. Our present way of living is so disconnected from each other. If we were here in the moment, being as we are, can you imagine the diversity we would encounter? If you had total permission to do anything you ever wanted to do, what would it be? A medical intuitive who regenerates organs psychically as a speciality. A professional skydiver who helps people get over their fears by wearing the right chakra colours and doing energy work on the descent. Physicist medium. Channel and astrophysicist. Soul healer and forensic psychologist. Nightclub owner who plays chakra awakening music for a drug and alcohol free, radically ecstatic, universal love dance temple experience every night. These are just some of the wild ideas I've had over the years. Imagine the ways we could combine and articulate the beauty of our imaginings. If we let go of what we think we should be doing as a humanity, imagine what we could discover about ourselves. Imagine what we could imagine into being. Imagine how vast and radically different and creative we could be if we let the imagination create unhindered by perceptions of karma, obligations and social responsibilities. I do believe the solution to all the world's challenges resides in this switch from what we should do to what we could do. What could you do? What unique combinations of interests and skills do you have? What excites you today? Remember, it is about today. Tomorrow, you may be interested in something else. So today, what inspires you? If you can harness your ideas and live the experience of them, how joyful do you think that might be? I can tell you, you would radiate. That luminosity that is inside of you would be radiating outwards for all to see. You have this potential. Your life has this inspired potential. Your responsibility as a fully conscious being is to live. You are to be in the experience. There are no rules about what that experience has to be. You can choose one that feels good or bad, up to you. You can choose when to experience what. All the while, you'll be exactly on path and on time. And if you listen to your truest nature, it will feel natural to cause no harm. This is not because the concept of doing no harm belongs to a particular philosophy as I've mentioned in a previous module. It is because life is the primary objective. What makes us feel alive is good for us. What helps others feel good feels good for us. Anything else is simply untrue. Do you feel good? Does your life feel life-giving? For you, and others? If so, you are living the experience and drinking every single possible drop of radiance out of it. 
to enjoy the life force we have been gifted with. This is our only karmic inheritance. This is all we must do and we can only do this by being with every fibre of ourselves in the moments of experience we co-create. Liberate yourself from perceptions you feel others place upon you. Decide to be free. Choose to let go of anything you should or must do. Instead, breathe in the essence of what makes you joyous in every cell and enjoy this experience for as long as it does. The world needs way showers to guide the direction of true living, helping us to remove all the obstacles we have created for ourselves. We must remember we are here to live as life force does. No tree has branches foolish enough to fight amongst themselves. No flower's journey is dictated by anything but the elements it finds itself in. As a humanity and as a conscious individual, it is time for us to reorientate ourselves from the shoulds to the coulds. This is the future reality of our world as we co-create more beauty and dream our reality awake. What are you dreaming into being?